Hi, parents. I'm so excited to have you here today. Today's podcast is Seth and I getting together and having such a great discussion about how parents and also children uh, slash young adults can take accountability for their own part. See, at first, the brain wants to blame everybody else, parents' brains and children's brains. Everybody wants to blame everybody else. But this specific episode is about how to take accountability and then what to do with it once you've done that. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Parenting Post-Wilderness, your guide to parenting struggling teens. I'm your host, Beth Hillman, a mom of five boys, including a post-wilderness teen and a life coach for parents. I will guide you on how to influence lasting change by first understanding the relationship-changing power of focusing on your own behavior instead of futile attempts to control your teens. Parents, the change begins with us. Hello, parents. I'm excited to have Seth here today. Hi, Seth. Hi, Beth. How are you? Good. One of the reasons why Seth and I became, one, really good friends and also really, um, I guess I should say, uh, helpful colleagues (laughs) Mm. is because I see things from the parent point of view. And Seth, how do you see things? I tend to see things from the teen, young adult perspective. Yeah, because that was your experience, right? I think it still is. <laughs> nice clarification. Yeah. yeah. And and I touche, right? <laughs> that right. is that is my experience as well is I'm still a parent. Right. And that is one thing that's been so awesome about getting to know Seth is he has really helped me see the side of the teen or see the side of the person uh, I don't know was it fair to say that is struggling? I think that's fair, although sometimes I think it's the overall family dynamic that is struggling, but I think for we, sure, yeah, I think we see it manifest in teens a little bit more in regards to their surface level behavior. Yes, thank you, exactly. That was the what the whole podcast about is today is about that parents have a part to play, and the teen has a part to play as well, and if we each do our own work, what will happen? I think when we each do our own work, we realize what our part to play is um, in the situation and in the dynamic. And it also enables us to like take ownership of the process. Yeah. In regards to what we want and how we want it. So what do you mean by process? Like the process of what? Oh, I would say the process of healing. Um, Ah. You know. Right. So Seth and I've had some great conversations about this idea of this process of healing. And if if I, as a parent, am like so bent (laughs) Mm. on, um, or I have this large, huge desire for my child to heal, Things start to happen that um, that get a little wonky, because if I want somebody else to heal, right, then I'll be doing things that I think will promote them to heal. 
Oh, so you mean you know what's best for somebody else? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. And let me tell you, that is a really interesting idea. Because as a parent, you absolutely think, you. there is no question in my mind that almost every parent out there believes that they know what's best for their child. I mean, you experienced that as a child with parents who thought they knew, right? Sure. And I think every every teen also, <laughs> from time to time, I know I certainly did have the perspective of, well, if my parents just only did this, then everything would be okay. Yeah. So what's really going on, and I'm not to say parents parents have their own experiences, parents have been living on this life, you know, on this earth longer than their children. And so they they have this, sometimes, of course, they have this wisdom, right? Well, they have the wisdom of of what has and hasn't worked for them. Exactly. It's so interesting. One of the most major shifts in my relationship with my son who went to wilderness specifically is realizing that when I thought that I knew better for his life, then I did actions that seemed forced to him, right? Yeah. Um, of course, wilderness and, hey, you should have this therapist and all these things. But I want to also validate that at the same time, we we don't want to be allowing our children to be falling off the face of the earth and never coming home and and taking drugs all the time. We can't allow that either, right? right? And so we have to figure out the balance of what is my part as a parent. Well, what change do you want for you in your life? What change do you want for you and your family dynamic? All of that is inward perspective that we sometimes outwardly project. Mm. Yeah. And then I, it's a slippery slope because all of a sudden I'm back to trying to control my teen. Right. And, and I have really good reasons to do that. And I just want to mention some of those reasons because I know parents, I think well, this will really resonate them, resonate with them, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the risk is too great. So let's say you have a child who has suicide ideation or who's taking a very serious deathly drug. Then the risk becomes so high of not saying something or not doing something. Then, so you have a very good reason in a parent's head, a very good reason to control your kid. Mm. Or you think you do. (laughs) And I'm not saying we don't want to help our kids or we don't want to try to figure out why they're doing a certain behavior. That's, that's, that's what we want to do. We want to try to figure that out. But I'm, it's such, it is so nuanced is thinking, wait a minute, I have a part to play. What is my part? What can I do? How much, how, what can I take responsibility for? Um, what is not mine? What is, it, what is mine? What is not mine? And, and then also working on my belief of my child is huge as well. There's a lot we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah. So let me give an example. When our son started into substance use slash abuse, we fell into a huge vat of fear. Of course, right? That makes perfect sense because you see someone you absolutely love and adore and you've taken care of for so long start making unhealthy choices. And fair enough. But 
so then there's these behaviors that that he's doing that I want to, well, stop. I want to stop those behaviors. But at the beginning, I didn't see any of my part in that. Mm. All I thought was, well, I'm not giving him drugs, so I have no part to play here. I, I, I literally thought that. <laughs> right. I didn't know or understand that I was part of the family dynamic. Was I responsible for his choices? No. But I was responsible for mine. And I couldn't even see what those were because I was so, so focused on what he was doing wrong. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. You know, I kind of have the <laughs> the reverse in when I was a early teenager, somewhere between, I think, 13 and 15. I don't remember exactly, but I know I wasn't driving yet. My parents decided that Outward Bound was a good idea and a good choice for me. What's that? What's Outward Bound? So Outward Bound, um, they have all types of different courses. Mine was 28 days in the Collegiate Peaks of Colorado, where you go out and you learn some wilderness survival, but it's really about challenging and pushing yourself in a natural environment and learning to work cohesively within the group dynamic that you are placed in that you ultimately don't have a choice with. Okay. Um, and in that experience, when I first arrived, my thought was, well, things might not be going well, but I'm not the only one, you know, <laughs> a, a power struggle, you know, one person, only one person can engage in a power struggle. It takes multiple people to engage in a power struggle. And my parents don't know what's going on with me. How can they possibly think that, that this is going to be a good idea for me? I don't like this. I don't want this. This is uncomfortable. This is unpleasant. Um, and I, you know, I focused on how cold I was. I focused on, um, how much my muscles hurt. I focused on how tired I was because for me, this was something that was decided would be what's right for me. Mm -hmm. There was no, I didn't have any ownership in the process. And yeah, it sounds like you were completely blaming your parents, right? For everything. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I love Absolutely. that. I love this. <laughs> love this like complete opposite. This is so amazing. Okay, keep going. Yeah. And, you know, and I think during the Outward Bound course that I took, there were, we did a three day solo where you're given a little packet of what I called lard cookies um, <laughs> that were basically like just, you know, fat biscuits, um, a little pack of raisins, a little pack of peanuts, and a, I think it was called Gookinade, which was basically a cheap version of Gatorade. That oh, was yikes. Like, that was like powder <laughs> form. And it was, it was not very much food, and, and, but they would go and place you. Um, in your, your own little site and you had three days to basically be by yourself and with yourself. And during, and that was about halfway through my trip. And up until that, I still had a lot of anger and still had a lot of blame. And all of a sudden, um, during that time when I was by myself, I had this epiphany that, you know, this, the stealing that I was doing, the lying that I was doing, the anger that I was feeling, um, how I was interacting with people 
I thought that I was doing all of these things to other people and they were the ones affected by it. And look at how much control I have. Right. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, I had this realization that the only person that I am actually truly affecting is myself. Do you know how you came to that? Like just the quietness and just Well, it was the quietness. To be honest with you, it was the fact that I realized that the world was going on without me. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Okay. And 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 all these things that I thought, you know, were so important in regards to my part to play. Well, all these other people, my friends, school, family, they're still living their everyday lives. Right. And they're going to continue to live their everyday lives, whether I am on this planet or not. And here I am removed from society, and the world keeps on turning. So who am I actually affecting in all of this behavior? Mm. Me. So how do I want, so how do I want to live? How do I want to be? Now, granted, I'm phrasing this in from a 45 year old's (laughs) worldview and and memory. Um, so I'm sure my clarity wasn't quite as clear as I am, uh, recollecting it to be, but I did have this sense of what am I doing? And how is it affecting my life? And all of these decisions that I'm doing, they're ultimately affecting me. It's somebody else's choice, how they react to it, and whether or not it affects them. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, I, all of a sudden, I started to enjoy where I was. I started to enjoy who I was. And I started to try to make my the group dynamic healthier. I tried to focus on myself and how I was participating. And I started to actually enjoy myself and enjoy my experience because it was my experience. Yeah. It was an experience that was being forced upon me. I all of a sudden took ownership in the experience. And that's when change, real change started to occur. And I saw this time and time again um, in the wilderness students, clients that I was guiding with, where they would show up and they were angry and they were upset and everything was horrible. And how could how could people think that this is, you know, this is going to be good for me? Okay, so then they started checking boxes. And I think that when it's somebody else's process that's being forced upon you, that's when we check boxes. We just jump through the hoops. Yeah, we jump through the yeah. hoops. And okay, you want me to do this? Check. Okay, you want me to to like say this? Boom, I can and say s- this. And may I add, right? like so many programs do it this way. They have the boxes to check. They have the hoops to jump through. Mm. Uh, level systems, right? I mean, so right. many programs. And I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm not saying that. But the idea of a level system in general is, I think what you're saying is it instead of having like an intrinsic or internal shift, everything's right. external, right? For, um, I mean, I, I can speak on behalf of my experience and the experience of of people that I saw in my, the wilderness programs that I worked for, um, 
were not a behavioral modification or level system. So in my experience, yeah, what I saw, what I experienced is actual change that came from within had to come from within. <laughs> they had to, it had to, it had, it had, it had to come from an individual wanting change and seeking change. And then there was a willingness to actually dive into doing the work because, or the deeper work, because there was value in it, because it was going to have a significant impact on the way that an individual lived their life. Yeah. And that, that shift or that change was not forced upon you. You might've been forced to go to, Correct. to outward bound. Okay. But then this that was your own doing. And that was probably really essential. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And what was so amazing, what I think is a big part of our message today is uh, when we're willing to do our own work, we're willing to actually dive deeper into what is not only going to be best for us, but be best for the people around us. And that's when I think we begin to see really significant changes um, and and a healthier life, not only for an individual, but for the family dynamic as a whole. Yeah. So what's on my mind right now, I can almost hear, only because I'm a parent and I know this is what I said Mm. in my head, was, oh, that's amazing. Oh my goodness, that's so cool that Seth, you know, experienced that. How do I get my kid to have that experience? <laughs> I can right. just like hear right. it in my head, right? Well, unless somebody wants it, it's not going to happen. Right. And here's the other, I'm gonna, I, I would like to share my story about my epiphany. Um, after my son was in wilderness, he'd been there, you know, they were there for typically 12 weeks-ish. And about halfway through, my husband and I got to go spend the night. We went to this parent seminar uh, that actually a year later I ended up teaching. I just love it with all my heart. But I went to it um, as a uh, as a, a parent, and I was blown away because that was probably one of the very first moments that I realized, oh my gosh, I have a part to play. I've haven't taken accountability for anything that's been happening. It's just all like my kid, my kid, my kid. He's done this, he's done that. My brain was so bent on blaming him that I did not see or couldn't see until we were at that seminar. And it was just it was like and I know I've ex- possibly have said this before. It was just like this big dong on the head that some of that I had a part to play. And then I had a choice as well to realize or to to take action on that idea. Whoa. What what is that? What is my part? And that's what I I really I literally went um I walked out of that room I I literally scratching my head. Like uh okay. Wait a second. What what does that mean? You know, and then my brain went to black and white and well, I didn't do, you know, like I said, I wasn't giving him drugs. So what is my part? My part is everything I've thought, everything I've felt, and everything I've done. That's my part. And so I love what we're, you know, bringing up or noticing is that if 
if everyone in the family dynamic, or I should say not everyone, but if the two people in the relationship, or t- there can be more, but specifically maybe two people have this conflict parent-child. Mm. Or, and I want to say that each parent has their completely a different work to do. Um, parents are completely individual people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they each have their work to do. It's not, and of course they have, and then they come together, uh, hopefully, and it kind of can get on the same page in order to parent their child. You know, sometimes that's possible. That's a whole other episode. But sure. But the idea, just really quickly, is that each parent has their own work because each parent has their own experiences and history. Well, they also have their own individual relationship with the child, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I just want to make that clear for sure. But once I realized I had so much work to do, the focus instead of, and it it still was on my son, of course, because we were trying to help him choose, um, you know, a little more healthy, healthy things to put in his body. But it definitely, when I refocused on me, so much changed. I mean, I could say everything changed, it felt like, mm-hmm. because instead of trying to control my son constantly, I realized, okay, first I need to get a control of me, which I did not have. Well, it sounds like you had that same epiphany of the only person that I'm actually affecting is myself. Yeah. Yeah. It was big. <laughs> you realized it when you were what? You said 14 or 15? I mean, well, I Well, my- don't, don't worry. I quickly <laughs> forgot it. <laughs> I had to relearn that several times over. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't we all? Gosh, like no one is um, immune to blame. No one is immune to blame because at least the humans, the humans are not immune to blame unless maybe you're, you know, the Dalai Lama or something. But Mm. most people with brains, if not all of them, they want to blame. Our brains want to blame. That's what they want to do. Because it's right. so much easier if you do your work, or it's so much easier if my teen does his work, or if you're a teen, it's so much easier if my parents do their work, I'll just sit here and wait for them to stop yelling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then we are all, oh my heavens. Well, I think a good example of what you're describing is is a very specific thought. And that very specific thought is, well, I wouldn't have done that if they didn't do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Or I'll just like, it's, I have nothing to do with this. They were the ones who yelled. So I'll just sit here until they fix themselves. That kind of thought too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So here's the question I think Mm. that may or may not be, this question comes to my mind. So how do I get out of the blame game? How do I, like, I know my brain wants to blame. And he, just so you know, here's the reason why every brain wants to blame is because blaming someone else is easier than taking responsibility. It a hundred percent, right? If I feel like my son is causing um, my madness, then I will cons- constantly be trying to control him. So he doesn't quote, make me mad. But if I take responsibility for my madness or for my anger, then instead of controlling my son, I'll control myself. But that is much harder to do. It's it's a lot more work. At least sure. that's, a, that's what my brain thinks. So it just wants my, my in this situation, it wants my son to fix himself so I can feel better. But the truth is, is that doesn't work and it creates all sorts of yucky feelings. Mm-hmm. And so what I really need to do is just concentrate on, okay, why am I angry 
or why am I yelling and trying to figure that out? So um, my point is, is we each have our own work to do. Well, our point is that we each have our own work to do, but when we focus on our work, it might be harder in the moment, but it's so much easier over time. Ah, thank you. Yes. You're so great. (laughs) (laughs) In the moment, it's really difficult not to not be reactionary. Yes, it is. It's it, but it's also, are we looking to be reactionary so that we can blame? Are we, are we intentionally pushing buttons or setting little landmines that we're hoping will explode so that we can then, again, place blame? Yeah, exactly. So how are we showing up? Are we actually, when there is conflict, are we actually in the moment trying to figure out a solution? I think in the moment, it's very difficult right? It can be learned, I promise. But I think initially, it's extremely difficult in the moment. Oh, I think it feels impossible. Yeah, to have this like nice response. Right. So the idea here is in the moment, sometimes things just play out. Now, can we learn to be more responsive versus reactive or versus avoiding? Of course. In fact, that's exactly what I do when I coach parents, I help Mm -hmm. them be more responsive versus reacting or avoiding and all that. And that's what I try to do with teens and young adults is, you know, how to take ownership and act in your life versus react to the world around you. Oh, exactly. Parents, school, friends, everything else. Yeah. But, but until you figure out how to do that, which does take some practice, a lot of practice, a lot of self-awareness, What we recommend is to, after the conflict, this is like first steps, after the conflict, uh, some good questions is, this is something that I absolutely ask myself, what was my part here? Mm. What part did I play here? And what I want to be looking at is not exactly, because your brain can, can be very defensive at times. And so we want to one validate like maybe some feelings that you might be having. I feel super frustrated. I feel extremely um, picked on. That's good idea. I think to do some self validation and and just kind of like you know give yourself some. Sometimes when we have conflict, it's hurtful, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's been it's very helpful to first just acknowledge the feelings you have and be okay with them. Now and when those start to subside a little. Because you're honoring those feelings, you're honoring, um, you don't want to, I don't feel like you ever want to honor like maybe your actions, because who knows if those were good or bad, but Mm. you can always honor your feelings, okay? After that, I think it's such a good idea to think, okay, what were some of my thoughts? What were some of my feelings? And what were some of my actions I can take accountability for? Well, what were my, what were my what was I trying to achieve? Yes, in which that is moment. partly have to do with thoughts. Right? Exactly. What was yeah. I trying to do here? Yeah. Yeah. And you can break it down. And you can also, now you can't ever really know if someone else's thoughts or feelings unless they share them with you, right? Mm-hmm. But you can see like, okay, this was my behavior. Yep. And then that was their behavior from my perspective. Because let me tell you, when mm. you start coming together... Well, you yelled at me first. What? 
no, I didn't. You yelled at me. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen so many times. It's like almost right? comical. And so, it, but it, you have to always remember, this is my perspective. And, and your brain will try to convince you that you're right 100% of the time. And, and just knowing that, taking like account of, like, I guess taking responsibility for that, like, okay, my brain's going to always try to make me right. Mm-hmm. So I want to keep an eye on that one because I'm not always right. That's the truth. Right. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. Memory is very fickle. Memory can be changed. That's a very subjective thing. So I think it's always a good idea to just think about what, did I, what was I thinking? What was I feeling? What was I doing? So that I can start taking accountability for myself. And here's the tendency. The tendency is to want to try to get the other person to do the same thing. But that may not be the best. That may not be the right timing. Um, and that can then all of a sudden be feel very forced to the other person. Right? Well, and then that goes back to you might see a change in regards to the checking of the boxes. I got an apology. X, Y, Z, but ultimately what is our, what is our true angle? Hmm. And that's for a desire for change, a desire for a healthier life, desire for healthier relationships for everybody. For everybody. But that only happens when individuals have their own path and their own process and the and the likelihood of there being sustainable change really truly only occurs when it's desired from the individual. Mhm. Yeah. Exactly. Um I do want to say one little quick I guess I don't know if it's a caveat. I don't know. Uh mm. anecdote with something mm. <laughs> is that we want to be really careful to Here's a red flag. I'll call it that. Mm. When you find your brain blaming the other person for everything, that's a red flag. Right. And the other red flag is if you find yourself blaming you for everything, yourself. Oh, absolutely. Those are both of those are really big red flags. Now, it's also very black and white thinking, right? It's all your fault or it's all my fault. Mm-hmm. And neither of them is true ever. Ever. You always have a part to play. Now, I don't know what that is, but that's your job if you choose to accept it, (laughs) is to really start to, that's where the self-awareness starts growing is, okay, what were my thoughts in this situation? What were my feelings? What were my actions? And like you mentioned, Seth, what was my intention? Yeah. What was my shift? And sometimes we can feel, so what I'm trying to say is please don't take responsibility for anyone else's actions. Please, it is not yours to take, Mm -hmm. okay? But if we're going to get nuanced, sometimes we can influence uh, or push buttons for sure. Sure. But we only ever want to take responsibility for our part, not for anyone else's. I just think that's really important. Right. And I think it's also, if I can just interject real quick, I also think it's really important that your path, your process is and can look completely different than your spouses, from your teens, um, from anybody. But that ownership that you feel in your process, instilling that same sense of ownership for the other people that you're in conflict with 
is that an incredible challenge to know what is best for them? Yeah, because they're the only ones that are going to actually know what is best for them. So again, that's where that communication part of trying to find out, like, what do you think is going to be helpful? How, mm-hmm. how would you like to proceed? Is there a way that you can work? Not, not we work together because again, by an individual doing their own work, if both parties are doing that, you're naturally going to come back together. Mm. I, I totally agree. It is, I think I, my favorite word is just, it's, there's such a nuance between a parent and child relationship of how much is my part to protect, to keep them mm. safe, to mm-hmm. teach. And I feel like a lot of times parents are over teaching, um, over controlling, right? Or controlling. <laughs> well, um, I would say that's correction and not teaching. Exactly. And I do think parents overteach. I see that because I was that. I mm. feel like I was always telling my child what to do, when to do, hey, do this, hey, do that, da, 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 versus communicating, hey, I mean, this is just an example, like, hey, there's, um, we have some people coming over for dinner. What part would you like to contribute in cleaning up the house? Versus, mm. I need you to vacuum. I need you to vacuum. Can you just please do your vacuuming chore? Come on, get that done. Will you just get that done? <laughs> Something like that. Right. Um, so that's not just a correction, but it is definitely telling, 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 mm-hmm. telling versus communicating. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic too. Um, but I like what you're saying about this. Something that really resonated with me is I really had to work on my belief that my son did actually know what was best for him. Now, was he always uh, leaning into that? No. but Of course not. Of course not, because he's human, right? But when I thought I knew what was best for him, oh, so many problems because right. I was constantly, one, thinking he couldn't do it, thinking he wasn't capable. Okay, then mm-hmm. I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll, sit, I'll decide this. And it was just too much. Yeah. And, and so I had to really, I not had to, I chose to work on my belief about my son, which I swear is a whole nother topic as well. Oh, absolutely. But you mentioned it is... I really did have to work on my belief. My son can figure this out. Hmm. He is capable of making healthy choices. That kind of thing. And that was, I would have to say, essential to our growth as for our our growth in our relationship, for sure. All right. So let's sum this up. (laughs) (laughs) I love that I just bring up, there's so many things to talk about. I know. And they all lead into each other. So, um, Here's my sum up, and then Seth, the, the, you you sum up your part, Kay. Okay. Is that as a parent, we want to take accountability for our own part. Mm. And that to me is, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I doing? Period. Take, sure. Take accountability for it. See your own part. Okay, your turn. Wow. Um, I think for my part is to remember – that this is a child with their own life, their own path, their own journey. And a big part of preparing somebody for the rest of their life is allowing them to take ownership of their part and their process and their journey. Awesome. I love it. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Have a great day. (laughs) Bye, Seth. (laughs) Hey there. Thank you for joining me today. 
If you know a struggling parent, please share this with them. If you have any questions or want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Beth Hillman Coaching or through my website, BethHillmanCoaching.com. And remember, parents, the change begins with us.